be such a big game. But guess what? It was huge. Bigger than anyone could expect. And it lived up to the hype. It Listen. It got it, it was scary the first half, I'll tell you. It was only 10 to 7 at halftime, TCU, and you're like, oh, come on. Really? We're going to have a defensive battle with these two fly high powered offenses? And then it got going. Whoo! That second half, remarkable, unbelievable. Third quarter alone, 42 points combined all together insane my guy it was insane i am curious what was people's reaction when jade and daniels went down i'm I'm gonna be honest i was like "Uh uh-oh kansas done gone see you later game over but guess what they stayed in there with that man dean he I meant Bean. (laughs) He played well. Jason Bean, 16 of 24, 262 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception all in the second half. Yeah, second half, Jason Bean came to play. And I'll give it to you. He was in Kansas last year. He was the starting quarterback last year. But this is is a different system, different uh, head coach. You know, it's all going to be different. So him to come out there and do what he did was Awesome and crazy, but I mean, TCU, blow for bow was going nuts. Boom, boom, pop, pop, pop. I was like, uh-oh, Horn Frog and uh, Jayhawk, man. I, I don't even know what really these things are. I mean, I know what a Horn Frog is. We still don't know what a Jayhawk is, and they're battling it out like, hey, we want to be represented, and it was it was insane. I mean, Jalen Daniels, he's he's done for now. He's day to day. There was rumors he was out for the season with separated shoulder. That news was false. <laughs> Daniels was went to Twitter and said, "Hey, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, but I I'm pretty sure I'm only day to day." So he's okay for now. Jason Bean will uh, be the starter against Oklahoma this weekend. But man, there's one person we got to talk about for TCU. My man, Quinn Johnston, man, went crazy. 14 receptions, 206 yards, one touchdown. And that that, that was a touchdown he made in the final minute. So beautiful. Like, all these touchdowns in the second half, presumably, were insane. Like, I I want you to understand something. There was a knee-tap touchdown. There was an over-the-shoulder touchdown. There was, I mean, toe-tipping Two uh, feet swag. It would have been an NFL touchdown by Luke Grimm. Yeah, Luke Grimm from uh, Ray Peck, where I went, made the nice catch. I mean, he was wide open. I mean, I hate to say it, but TCU blew a coverage. But it was still a beautiful catch by Luke Grimm in the back of the end zone. It was just blow for blow. This was a battle. This is what we expected, and it came down to the wire. I mean, you never thought Jason being the backup was going to do it, but it happened. And Max Duggan, 23 of 33, 308 yards, three TDs, and one interception, played great for TCU as well. Each quarterback had one interception, and I think the biggest mistake that happened was when actually Jalen Daniels was in at quarterback. 
It was in the second quarter. It was about to be – they were at their three-yard line. Kansas was about to go in, and they run a read option, and Daniels tries to cut it up, and, and he loses the football. And TCU recovers it at the one-yard line, and five plays later, TCU scores a touchdown. That's a 14-point swing. I'm just saying, you get in for a touchdown, you've got the lead. It would have been 10-7 or 10-3 uh, Kansas. Instead, TCU goes down and scores – and gets the momentum. It was just like a huge momentum swing. Excuse me, it would have been 7-3. to three. It was 3-0 at the time. Uh, Daniels fumbles at the 1. TC goes down, puts up another touchdown. That makes it 10 nothing. So then Kansas is playing from behind. So that's where it happened. You've got to find that momentum switch. And right there, that would have been a huge, huge play for Kansas to get into the end zone, get the lead. Instead, he fumbles, TCU takes advantage, gets down the field, and scores and wins. It was awesome. Great game. You love to see it, but that first half they had us. They were like, are you kidding me? 10-7? What are we talking about, dude? Incredible. Unbelievable. But guess what? I don't even think the momentum or the crisis was there it was it was insane folks like insane you're talking 42 points in the third quarter combined each team three touchdowns a piece like what like crazy man and i'm so happy the ap ranks didn't drop kansas out they didn't even drop them stayed right at 19 they played phenomenal with a backup qb in the second half don't take them out and they did it tcu moves up rightfully so they deserve to but let's move on to another game that lived up to the hype ucla versus utah pac-12 battle remember i had uh utah making the playoffs yeah so much for that jt come on man anyway ucla beats utah 42 32 and again Another game that had you at halftime thinking, what in the world? It was 14-10, UCLA at half. UCLA scores 28 in the second half. UCLA's Doran Thompson, or Thompson Robinson, man, DTR is what they really call him. No wonder. That's a tongue twister, folks. Anyway, he went 18 of 23, 299 yards in the air. Four touchdowns, one interception, and add a rushing touchdown to his total. He only needed one more yard for 300. Couldn't do it. Man, that stinks, bro. Gotta tell you. UCLA's Zach Charbonnet, 22 carries, also 198 yards and a touchdown. So they had a nice balance going there. Boom, boom. Throw it, run it. Boom, boom. Throw it, run it. Look at that. Beautiful combo right there. It was great. You want to have that balance. And Chip Kelly is going to run the ball. You know, he was the West Coast. He didn't have success at all in the NFL. Had great success at Oregon, but went to the NFL, then comes back, goes to UCLA. He's doing his thing. He's got this team undefeated, playing really well. And so that's good to see. It takes time, folks. When you have a bad team to get a new coach, you got to get the recruits and everything. It's taking time, but he's getting it going and moving. Chip Kelly is for UCLA. Utah, on the other hand, Cameron Rising was 23 of 32, 282 
excuse me, 287 yards. Zero touchdowns in the air, though, with one interception, but he added two touchdowns on the ground. Running the ball, Tavion Thompson, 18 carries, 91 yards, and one touchdown. So you can see what really happened here for Utah. Um, UCLA said, hey, Rising's not going to beat us with his legs. And he scored two touchdowns on the ground, but they were making him throw the ball. And guess what? He can't do that that well. It's not efficient enough. Rising hasn't made those big plays with his arm yet this season at all. Go back to Florida. No. Go here. No. Rising's got to step up to the occasion. Rise up, Rising, and be the man. Right now, not happening. We got to figure that out if you're Utah because right now, you're not making the playoffs. You're not making the Rose Bowl. I don't know what bowl you're going to make because there's so many to name. But you're going to make a bowl game, but will you make a New Year's Six Bowl? Who knows? Right now, it's in question. Another game that I think was... Not supposed to be that good. Everyone's like, oh, this game's going to be a blowout because of what happened. Listen, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher had their boom, boom, boom fight. You know, uh, wah, 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 wah. yeah, no, oh, recruiting, buying players, yada, yada, yada. It's just old man talking. I swear, it's old men talking. I talk about it like my grandpa. My grandpa will just talk, yada, 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 about how the Chiefs are going to blow this. Chiefs are going to do that. Guess what? They're just old men talking. I don't get it. They just get rambling, and I think they forget what they're saying. Listen, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban had their problems, and you were thinking Alabama was just going to come out here and crush A&M, not only because of what happened in the offseason, but what also happened last year with A&M upsetting them. Well, it didn't happen. Alabama wins 24-20, but... Jimbo Fisher, what are we calling here, man? I've talked about it for like three straight weeks. Your offense is not good. 2010 kind of offense. You're at the four-yard line, and you're going to run a three-yard out route to the wide receiver you're going to throw it to. Um, I know you're old, Jimbo, and I, 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 I want you to understand math can be hard, but a touchdown's four yards away. You run a three-yard out route. Uh. I just want you to know that's a yard short of where you have to be on the last play. So I see why your quarterback threw it away. I mean, it wasn't even going to be catchable, but you've got to run enough yards to get the touchdown, my guy. Come on. Like, what are we doing? I know. I know. I know it's hard. I've had trouble with math, too. But if you need four, you can't run three. Okay? We'll learn that. I know, midseason form for Jimbo. I got you. It's okay. It's okay. I promise, bud. You'll get there. It's all good, though. Listen, Alabama, eh, you know how important Bryce Young is to him now because uh, Mellon was just a little off. Turnovers, that was the main issue. Once again, like I said last week, the reason A&M won last year was turnovers. Well, it happened again, and A&M didn't take advantage like they did last year. So that's why the game was a little closer, or it actually the game was in the favorites of AM and should have been won by AM. But guess what? No, no. They don't. They can't seize the moment. And that's what's the difference this year versus last year with Texas AM. Texas AM last year would have took those advantages because they were playing a better all-around game. This year, no. There's not that mesh. I don't know if it's the quarterback, the wide receivers, the offense, the defense. There's just not a mesh. You got to mesh. Get it with me. 
mesh. Mesh it together because if you don't have a mesh team, you're not going to win. That's how it is. Plain and simple, folks. You got to have team conspiracy and meshing. Ah, meshing. Okay. Two teams that got wins over ranked opponents. Arizona State beats number 19, Washington, 45-38. to 38. Arizona State has looked really good without Herm Edwards. They fired Herm Edwards, and Arizona State's got some juice in them. I like it. They're playing well. The Sun Devils are actually running with their pitchforks now. Also, South Carolina beats number 13, Kentucky, 24-14. Kentucky was out with, with Lil Levis. He wasn't playing, so they didn't have their starting quarterback. But this was a game Kentucky should have won still, folks. It's not like they should have lost. They should have won. They should have taken advantage of having a backup quarterback, and they didn't. It, it looked like they were off every time. One step, two step. Let's take four back. No, you got to keep going forward. South Carolina took over the game by running and controlling the clock and took a moment right there and said, hey, we're going to take control of this game. We're going to show that we know we're not where Kentucky is, but this is a game we can win and we could have won even with Will Levis out there, but we're going to take control and win this. And I liked what South Carolina did. Shane Bieber out there. What a great uh, ad for South Carolina as a head coach. I know he can be a little... What do you want to call it? He's a young gun. He's got that swag. He's a little more fun. He's not old school. I like that a little bit. You've got to have that. You've got to core and mesh with your team. He's going to mesh with these young guys. I like it a lot. Shane Bieber is going to turn this team around. I don't like Spencer Rattler. People know that. You can ask almost all my friends. Spencer Rattler, I didn't like at Oklahoma, and I sure don't like him at South Carolina. But that's for here or now. Another and last thing before we get into my top six teams. James Madison is ranked, folks. Yeah, you're probably like, who's James Madison? Yeah, they're ranked. Number 25. Guess what? The reason you probably don't know them is because it's their first season in FBS. Yeah, you're hearing that right. First season in FBS during the Sun Belt. They're going nuts. They're undefeated. They're ranked 25th. It's the best start for a debut team in the FBS since Georgia State in 2014. 2014, folks. I was going on 14. I was 13 at the time. That's how crazy it is. They went 9-3. Georgia State did that year. So let's see what James Madison can do. All right. Top six teams. This could this is gonna get controversial, folks. My number one team is not an SEC team. It's Ohio State, the Buckeyes. They've played the most all-around football this season. There hasn't been any like, uh, are you gonna lose? No. Notre Dame gave them a fight, but it was the first game of the season. Since then, Ohio State looks great. I like Ohio State one. Two, I'm going to go Georgia. Georgia's had some scares, I know. But I'm giving the giving the benefit of the doubt to Georgia. Georgia, I think, has got the best, better defense than Alabama. And I, I just, it's a bulldog. I don't know. I'm just saying, I think Georgia has just got the slight edge over Alabama because I like their all-around team better. Number three is Alabama, though. 
Like, those two could be flipped. I wouldn't care. Those two could be flipped, and it wouldn't hurt my feelings. Alabama right now needs Bryce Young ASAP. Um, Tennessee's coming for you, folks. You're headed to Knoxville. And Knoxville, Tennessee is going to be rocking this weekend. Like, oh, my Lord. Those checkerboard touchdowns are going to be shaking. Like, you better get it going. Like, I'm so scared of Knoxville right now, I got like a southern twang happening, and I don't even understand it. Anyway, number four, Clemson. Oh, wow. I didn't think I was going to put Clemson there, but I did. Clemson has played really good against two ranked opponents back-to-back. NC State, Wake Forest. They played them. Wake Forest first, then NC State. NC State. And they beat them both. I like it. I like what they're doing. Dabo got that move. He's got that swag. They're they're a little shaky because they're obviously in the ACC. But right now... Four is good for me. Number five is where the shock's going to come. Five and six, probably shockers. It's not USC. No, no, no. Not Michigan either. Give me Tennessee. Yeah, I think Tennessee is a great team. Look what they just did to LSU. I I know LSU's not the old LSU when it was a really good battle between Alabama number one and two. No, I know, but they put it on a good LSU team that was ranked number 25th in Death Valley, folks. They put it on those Tigers. Tennessee's look good. They beat Florida as well. And now they get their chance to show how good they truly are this weekend against Alabama coming to Knoxville. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. And number six, another shocker. It's not USC, not Michigan. I'm taking a Big 12 team. I like Oklahoma State. Give me the Cowboys. I know. Why are you going Cowboys, JT? I don't know. I can't take Texas. They've got two losses, even though they were without Quinn Ewers, who uh, dominated Oklahoma. Oh, I am so sorry, Oklahoma. It hurts, doesn't it? Oh, whatever. Anyway, but you can't give it to Texas. Oklahoma State's beat Baylor. I just I think Oklahoma State can, if they win out, and there's one loss, say, Clemson or one loss USC slash UCLA and they've gone the distance I think Oklahoma State can even get in over a one loss Alabama or Georgia that's all I'm saying because if they win the Big 12 they're if they win out I feel it's destined for them to get into the college football playoffs that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying leave it there one Ohio State two Georgia three Alabama four Clemson Five, Tennessee, six, Oklahoma State. Top six teams. Let me know what you think. All right, games to watch this weekend. Oh, my God, there's so many, man. So good. Ah. All right, starting it off. Number 10, Penn State goes to Michigan. Number 10 versus number five, Big Ten matchup. Michigan's a seven-point favorite, folks. Michigan's played down to their opponents. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Penn State, the Nitty Lions, coming to town. Then, to me, the game of the week. Number three, Alabama, seven-and-a-half-point favorite over number six, Tennessee. Headed to Knoxville. This is the game of the week, I'm telling you. I, I, think, I think Tennessee really has a chance. If any year was a year for Tennessee to do something and accomplish it, it would be this year. So it could be the upset. We'll see. Oklahoma State, ranked number eight, goes to number 13, TCU. TCU is a a four-point favorite. 
And here's where the upset is. I'm taking Oklahoma State. I just said Oklahoma State is a top six team. Give me Oklahoma State heads to number 13 TCU and wins outright. Number 15 NC State versus number 18 Syracuse, who Syracuse is a three-point favorite. Three and a half, excuse me. Give me NC State to win. Upset, I guess. I'll take it. Number 16, Mississippi State, seven-point favorite over number 22, Kentucky. Will Will Levis play is the question. If he does, I give Kentucky a fighting chance. If he doesn't, give me the Bulldogs all day. Give me them. And those cowbells. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, boom. They'll win. All right. Number seven, USC versus number 20, Utah. Was Utah overlooking UCLA and waiting for USC? Utah's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. USC, I don't know how to feel. USC hasn't played anyone, but they have the most tur- uh, takeaways on defense, and they don't turn the ball over. Um, I want to say Utah because you know how much I hate USC, but I can't. I'm going to take USC here because I can't wait to see USC versus UCLA in a couple, in a couple weeks. That'll be a phenomenal game, but it's going to be insane, folks. I tell you. When it gets to conference play, great games happen. And it's here, folks. I love it. All right. When we get back, we're taking our swing and our pitches to the postseason of the MLB. Right here on Just Talking Sports, UCM The Beat. We'll be right back, folks. (laughs) Juice, Mom. Juice, juice, juice. Mommy, why are we going to the store? Mom, Mom I want Mommy. juice. Mom. <laughs> juice, Mom. Your child will have different needs at different stages of life, and that includes the car seat. See, car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hey y'all, I'm Blake Shelton. I love that country music connects people all over this great nation, but unfortunately so does something else, childhood hunger. 15 million children struggle with hunger in America. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks works to rescue our surplus food to help provide billions of meals to families in need across the country. Join the fight against hunger at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. I'm a retired school psychologist, and helping people was my thing. After my stroke, when Meals on Wheels started, I was on the other end of the stick, so to speak. My name is Julius Gaines, creative writer, poet, photographer. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. All right, folks, welcome back, MLB time. Let's get right into it. I mean, the MLB, insane. And postseason baseball, it just turns it up a notch. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, and it might be, I'm not even going to say it's unfactual. October is the best sports month. Let's think about it. MLB postseason, college football, NFL, obviously. At the end, college basketball starts NHL, I mean, what more can you ask? If you're a sports fan, October is the month. All right, let's get right into it. Wild card series. If you were a home team, I'm sorry. You lost in front of your home fans, unless you're the Cleveland Guardians. 
It's just, it, it was crazy. Three out of the four road teams won the wild card series. It's crazy. No one thought that because that's why all three games were supposed to be played at the home team stadium. And guess what? It really didn't matter because it doesn't. It's just go out there, play baseball, do your best. Let's go take a win and let's prove to everyone why we belong here in October. Let's start with the Rays games. Rays versus Guardians. Like I said, Cleveland first and only team to win at home in the wild card series. And it doesn't help when the Rays literally only get nine hits in 24 innings. 24 innings, they get they get nine hits. That's not going to win you much, bud. That's, that's not good. I'll just say, it's not good. Nine hits in 24 innings. Yikes. I mean, there was only so much you can do. But, I mean, Cleveland only scored because of home runs. They got a walk-off home run in game two in inning number 15 by Oscar Gonzalez, a rookie. It was 0-0 for 15, well, 14 and a half innings. And then, you know, boom. (laughs) Well, 15 and a half. Oh, my God. Math is hard for me. Anyway, let's move on. Obviously, Guardians won 2-0. Best out of three. 2-0 wins. Ah, you get it. Two games to zero wins. All right. Blue Jays blow. Oh, man. Blue Jays. Blue Jays. Toronto. I'm so sorry you saw that that debacle in game two. Uh, The Blue Jays blew a seven-run lead like I said, in game two, uh, the Mariners scored four runs in the sixth and eighth innings. Uh, yeah, it sucks. Um, honestly, I, I wouldn't know how that feels in a postseason because the Royals, when they did it, they would always come back. They did it against Houston. Uh, they did it against the Oakland A's. So I'm more accustomed to what Seattle's feeling. And honestly, if I had to say, I've come to like Seattle. Seattle's like that underdog. Like, yo, they haven't been there in so long. It's going to be awesome. So it was really cool to see. But, I mean, it sucks if you're a Toronto fan. And I'm so sorry. So, yeah, the Seattle Mariners won that series too, Zip. Then the Cardinals. Oh, St. Louis. Poor, poor Redbirds. The Cardinals. Yeah. Um, They had game one, folks. It was... It was 2-0 going to the ninth, and then the ninth happened. Yeah, uh, yeah, just not good. Gave up six runs in the ninth inning. You were up 2-zip. You lose 6-3. Just not good. And you just can't find that momentum going into a game after losing that the next day. And they didn't, so they lost. They lost the series 2-zip, 2-0. And it ends an era of Molina. Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols. So, uh, it sucks to be a Cardinals fan right now from St. Louis because not only did you lose the series, not only did you blow a two-run lead in game one in the ninth, but it's also an end of era. And a round of applause to Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols. Tip my cap. Two of the greats. Both Hall of Fame caliber. Now, the Padres versus Mets, the only series that went the distance for three games. 
Listen, Padres won game three, 6-0. Padres move on. And they only gave up one hit in game three. That That'll do it, folks. When you only can get one hit, like the Mets did, I don't think you're going to win when you give up six runs. So, yeah. Hey, Mets, next time when uh, it's a winner-take-all game, bring your bats next time. Okay? Thank you. Uh, yeah. Musgrove went seven scoreless innings for the Padres. And it's just it's like now the Padres played the Dodgers. It's going to be great. And we'll get right into that right now. Because my biggest question, will the momentum carry for these teams moving on? And it looked like it was for Seattle. Seattle was up. And they had Houston right where they want them. And then uh, they didn't. Jordan Alvarez said Jordan smash and hit a three-run home run walk-off home run in game one to win the game for the Houston Astros. So Seattle had them where they were, and now they're down 1-0. They play game two today. Uh, Yankees, Guardians. Guardians scored first, but then couldn't find anything else. Yankees win 4-1. Only Guardians can score off of home runs, apparently, because that's all they have scored in the postseason so far. So they got to find something. They were supposed to play tonight. It's been postponed due to weather in New York. Uh, moving on, you have the NL side where both games have already, or both series, excuse me, have played both games so far. So both of them are actually one and one. The Philadelphia Phillies took game one. Then last night, yesterday, whatever you want to call it, the Atlanta Braves took game two. They're one, one. Then the Dodgers and Padres, and I thought the Dodgers were going to cakewalk them because they have all season. Dodgers take game one, but in game one, you saw some fight from the Padres. They went down early. It was 5 nothing. They came back, made it 5-3. So there was a little fight. So you're thinking, okay, okay. And the scoreless, I mean, the Padres' bullpen was great game one. And you're like, okay, well, it won't happen in game two. Oh, it happened again in game two. So Padres, I mean, it was a back-and-forth game early. And then the Padres took a one-run lead. And they got another home run by Cronenworth. In inning number eight. So they got the 5-3 lead. And that bullpen, like I said, has been stellar for them so far. Haven't given up a run. So they've looked great. It was 5-3 finish in both games. Except Dodgers won game one. Padres won game two. It's 1-1 both sides of the NL. The AL is playing game two today. And that's for the Seattle and Houston, but then game two tomorrow for the Yankees and Guardians. So it's going to be interesting. And I, it's crazy because there's some key players left off for almost every team. I mean, think about it. You have all a role as Chapman for the Yankees. Uh, weird situation there. Uh, something about Chapman said, well, I ain't going to make it because he went home to Florida and the Yankees were like, hey, can you come back and try out and practice with us? It's a mandatory workout. We want to see if we want to keep you on the team for the postseason roster. And Chapman's like, well, if you don't want me, I'm not going to come for this mandatory workout. So he doesn't come back. They keep him off the, the roster. So I think Aroldis Chapman Yankees era is over because – yeah, and it ended weirdly and oddly, but that's the Yankees' way. Uh, they also left DJ LeMahieu off for the Yankees. Craig Krim- Craig Kimball is off for the Dodgers, so they're going with a closer by committee, and their bullpen has been shaky, so that's interesting. 
David Robinson is off the Philadelphia Phillies roster because he injured himself celebrating Bryce Harper's Game 2 home run. Will Smith and Phil Maton are off Houston's roster. Will Smith, they just didn't want him on it, and Maton uh, hurt himself by punching a locker. I don't get why you punch stuff with the thing that makes you the money when you're a pitcher. Like, why are we punching things with the money maker, my guy? You have a hand that throws a ball. The ball goes across the plate. You're a pitcher. You need that. Instead, let's punch lockers with it and break it. And now we can't make more money. Makes no sense. Uh, I guess that's why I'm in college, so I can learn the common sense. But I don't get it. I know the series is half started, but I'm going to tell you who I think when well i mean you already know but it's kind of fun i i i i hope seattle can win today i i just i want to see seattle they're the mariners it's it's the first time they're like do you know that their mascot is a moose it's a moose like antlers i don't know what a moose makes it's not a moose sound but Maybe a, I don't know. But, dude, a moose. That's crazy. It's awesome. I want Seattle to win. And if Seattle does win either today or tomorrow, so they've got to win one or the other, they've got to find a way to establish this because Seattle, they've never had this problem in Seattle. Seattle Mariners are supposed to play a home game for game four on Sunday at home. And they would have to move the Seattle Seahawks game 90 minutes back so they can get the game over for baseball. I mean, Seattle's like, we've never had this problem. Uh, What are we supposed to do? (laughs) But now they have the problem. So I want to see that. I want to see the chaos between the MLB and the NFL. I think that would just be so fun. So Seattle, win one game. Please, for me. Okay. Uh, I don't like the Yankees, but I think the Yankees are going to win this series against Cleveland. I said it last week. It's just there's something I don't like about the Yankees, and it's it's I just don't like how they play. They're not good. I mean, in a sense, they are good, obviously, because they're the two seed. But, like, you can't just win games by hitting home runs and striking out. And I thought for a minute Garrett Cole was going to blow it because the the Guardians were getting to him. They just couldn't put around the runs. So I do think the Guardians win at least one game, but the Yankees are going to win the series. The Phillies, on the other hand, they got lucky they won game one. They had a huge lead. Their bullpen, yikes, that bullpen, I've told you all year long. Bullpen for Philly, nada. It's no chance. No problemo. Not good. Almost blew it. The Braves left so many players out on base. It's like, hey, uh, you stay on base. You stay on base. You stay on the base. I'm just saying, Philly was lucky to get away with game one. Braves came out, won game two in a pitcher's duel. Got to Wheeler late. So Kyle Wright pitched phenomenal for the Braves. So Braves got that. And then the final one, Padres Padres Yankees. Padres Dodgers, dude. It's going to be so crazy in San Diego come tomorrow night. Like, bruh, that place will be rocking. Just like Seattle will be rocking. So uh, it's going to be great. I think 
I honestly, San Diego, uh, San Diego got one game huge. They needed one game in the first two, so I like their chances a lot. They're going to have to find a pitcher to start, like playing well enough to get them through the innings because I know their bullpen's playing well, but sooner or later there's going to be one slip-up. On the other hand, the Dodgers have to get a starter to go longer than five because their bullpen is not there. It's like a, a committee. Like, you go out there, you go out there, and it's been shaky in the first two games. So we're going to see what happens there. But like I said, Dodgers will probably win that series. I like the Braves. I want to see Seattle, man, but I can't take them. Houston, and then give me the Yankees, Ugh, which means 1-2, one, 1-2. Two, one, two. It's not going to happen, JT. Who's going to be the upset? Give me, give me Padres. Give me the Padres. I'm taking it. I'm doing it. I can't believe I just said that. All right, Padres. That's my upset. There you go, Padres. I like Manny Machado. You know Soto's going to get hot. That bullpen's been stellar. Just give me give me it. Cronensworth. Oh, Grisham. Yeah. All right, Padres. You, I talked myself into it. Padres are going to beat the Dodgers. Uh, don't ask. Uh, if it happens, text me. Um, not giving you my phone number, but just text me with your Casper phone, okay? All right. When we come back, we're throwing footballs to end zones, and we're talking NFL. A coach was fired, folks. I don't know if you know that, but we're going to get right into it when we are back right here on Just Talking Sports, listening to UCM The Beat. Hey, y'all, I'm Blake Shelton. I love that country music connects people all over this great nation, but unfortunately, so does something else, childhood hunger. 15 million children struggle with hunger in America. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks works to rescue our surplus food to help provide billions of meals to families in need across the country. Join the fight against hunger at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. I can't believe he found them. He seems sorry. We very clearly told him not to look up there. I'm honestly impressed that he was able to do it. Right? What, did he balance on that big chair? Or... Yeah, I mean... I guess he'll just know what his gifts are this year. I really thought we had hidden them well. If they can find their presence, they can find a gun. 911, what is your emergency? Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and End Family Fire. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back. Just Tuckin' Sports right here on UCM The Beat. Like I said, we're hopping, we're throwing touchdowns in the NFL. But first, but first, I got a trivia, man. Trivia questions. I think it's time to engage my listeners. Listen. All right, you ready? Here you go. Who was the last person to return a kickoff for a touchdown in the Super Bowl? There it is. Are you ready? Who was the last person to return a kickoff for a touchdown in a Super Bowl? All right. I'll let you know at the end of this segment. So, hey, you got like 15, 20 minutes. You know what I mean? All right. Let's get right into it. NFL. The news. The news of the week. All right. Matt Rule 
got the boot in Carolina. Matt Rule, goodbye. See you later. Have a great time sitting on the couch collecting all that money. Man, oh man. <laughs> so Matt Rule fired by the Panthers, obviously, after starting one and four and a whole career total for Matt Rule at Carolina was eleven and twenty-seven. And man, that is a tough record there, my guy. Uh Steve Wilkes, who was the head coach from 2018 Arizona Cardinals and who is the defensive pass game coach will serve as the interim head coach for the rest of the season for the Carolina Panthers and to make it even more harder for Wilkes uh hey Baker Mayfield he's out uh, out for two to six weeks with a high ankle sprain uh yeah Carolina my oh my everyone thought man we just need a quarterback we got to get someone. We got to get somewhere. No, it's it's not a quarterback problem, my friends. It's a roster problem. You don't have enough roster and uh, my favorite word today, mesh. They're not meshing together. DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, those guys, you're just not incorporating them enough. Christian McCaffrey, I know, is injury prone. DJ Moore, though, he just got paid. Like, why are we not throwing it to him? Get it to him, Baker. But Baker, the only thing Baker was baking was turnovers. And yikes, those were bad. Oh, boy, oh, boy. All right, moving on. Tua Tagalueva and Teddy Bridgewater are out for the Miami Dolphins with concussion protocols. And so quarterback rookie Skylar Thompson will be the starting quarterback for this week. And the rookie is from Kansas State. So shout out to you, Skyler. Um, let's do something and shock and win. Go Dolphins. I don't know. Uh, Dolphins, you looked really bad against the Jets. Or the Jets just re- looked really good. You tell me. I guess we'll find out this week. Uh, the bigger problem comes in the primetime games. Let's start with the Monday night. Devontae Adams. Ah, uh, Devonte. Um, uh, listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna say anything about his character. Yada yada yada. All I'm gonna say is, he was in the heat of the moment. He was upset. He pushed over a cameraman, a worker for the Chiefs, while walking to the tunnel. Full extension arms knocked him over. It happened. We know what happened. It was all over social media. Then the worker goes to the the police and files a report. And so now it's a misdemeanor assault on Adams. A lot of this could have been avoided. I'll say that. I think a lot of it could have been avoided just because of the way Adams handled the situation. It's been like this. Listen, I'm not here to criticize anyone about their wrongdoings because I've done stuff in the past that I'm not happy with with what I did. So I'm not going to do that to Adams. But I think this could have all been avoided. Say Adams helps the the gentleman up. Or apologizes to him in person. He apologized in the press conference interviews. And he also took to social media. But I think if Adams reaches out personally. Then you have a different situation. But he didn't. So now we're on to this. And now we're going to figure out what really happened. Um, also, let's talk about Thursday Night Football last week, a week from uh, 
today was just poor football, folks. You got to love it, right? Uh, the final score was 12-9. to 12-9, Colts beat Broncos. And no, Russ was not cooking. Well, unless you put in America sliced cheese on your macaroni, then you might be cooking. But yeah, no. 12 total punts, no touchdowns. Two interceptions per quarterback. R- Matt Ryan's, two interceptions. Russell Wilson, yikes, two touchdowns. Excuse me, two interceptions as well. Not a touchdown, folks. Two interceptions. Both, one of them was in the end zone. So, poor Wilson. Uh, Yeah. Also, two fumbles by uh, Denver. It's just not there, folks. What has happened with Denver? And I know you can say Wilson just had surgery on his shoulder. But the shoulder's not his problem. It's his decision-making, folks. On the third down play, no timeouts for the Colts. Let's throw it. And better yet, let's throw it to the wrong team. Yeah, boy, oh boy, Russell. You're really trying to turn a fan base on you, aren't you? You're really making Geno Smith look like the best quarterback Seattle's had in some time. So, I don't know what's happening. I know it's early in the season, but Denver, you got to figure it out. Like, what are you doing? You're going to really make it easy for the Chiefs to win to this division. Because if your offense ain't doing anything, it don't matter what your defense is doing. Your defense is stellar. Great. Patrick Sertan, amazing. Chubb, awesome. But when your offense can't score, then what is your defense going to do? And I mean, oh no, KJ Hamler was mad kj hamler uh if you don't know fourth and goal they decide to go oh it's actually excuse me fourth and one uh four yards out from the end zone in overtime so you kick the field goal you're tied 12 12 instead they're like you know what let's go for it and i'm totally cool with going for it my problem bigger issue why not run the football i would have ran it or ran an rpo instead you run actually a really great play it was a pick play it was two man high Man-to-man defense, you have two wide receivers lined up to Wilson's right. They run a pick play, which means the one wide receiver on the inside runs it and runs like an angle or a route where it's going to pick the corner covering KJ, who KJ was the on the outside. Well, KJ gets open. The problem is Russell's not looking to his right. He's looking to his left. He's looking at his number one receiver, uh, son, Cortland's son, and he's covered by the number one corner, uh, Gilmore. The problem is, is KJ's wide open. He catches it. He walks in. Instead, they don't. Wilson doesn't look towards him. And guess what? It happens. Incomplete. Game over. KJ's mad, slamming his helmet. I don't agree with that. You don't want to show up your quarterback. But man, Wilson, you've got to read the defense. Like I said, it's not a shoulder. It's the decision making. You can tell the safety was man to man, too side, uh, too high safety, and. You don't read the safety. If you read the safety, you've got a touchdown. He's got to read the safety. I don't care about his shoulder. Make better decisions. You That shoulder would have made the throw to KJ. Just make better decisions. I, I mean, I'm so thankful I'm not a Broncos fan. Whew. I mean, they were leaving before overtime started. They were so upset. But, like, make better decisions and this isn't going to happen. And if you're a Colts fan, I don't want you to be happy. 
You didn't play well. You didn't deserve to win. At that point, I wish they would have called the game before overtime happened. You both deserved to lose. But that's here or now. Colts offensive line gave up six sacks. Russ got sacked four. That's ten. I mean, jeez, dude. This game was so bad. And I mean, man, Amazon Prime. Man, what in the world? You literally go, oh, hey, we'll take Amazon. Amazon Prime's like, hey, we'll take Thursday Night Football. Okay, cool. You'll get these games first. Let's give you Chargers versus Chiefs at Arrowhead to start off the season. Awesome. Then nothing. Yikes. You had, you've had, you had nothing good. Last week, well, two weeks ago, you had the Tua problem where Tua uh, was carted off the field. Dolphins, that's a Dolphins problem. But, you know, then last week you had the Broncos and Colts. Yikes. Oh, it can't get worse. Oh, it can. And it will. Tonight, I wouldn't turn on Amazon Prime. You got the Washington Commanders versus the Chicago Bears. Yeah, that 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 might put the cherry on top, folks. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry for you, Amazon Prime. It's not fun, is it? No, 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 it's not. You're going to put Al Michaels, one of the great play-by-play announcers into retirement with these games like god that is horrible okay another sort of rant but more of a compromise let's talk roughing the passer oh boy i can't wait what could possibly go wrong after tua's injury oh everything oh oh everything okay let's start with sunday the Atlanta Falcons and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How fun, right? Okay, let's put it into perspective. Fourth quarter, third down, three minutes left in the game. Atlanta down by six. Buccaneers ball. You get a stop, you get the ball back and a chance to go down and win. Okay, or at least take the lead, I should say. Third down, Grady Jarrett. Oh, wow, gets through. That's awesome. Oh, he's got Tom Brady. He whips him down to the ground. He, Tom lands on Grady as he's throwing him to the ground. And when he gets up, oh, Tom kicks him. Oh, that's where the flag is. Oh, no, there's a flag for Tom kicking Grady. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Oh, uh, why, are they, why, why are they talking so much? Oh, okay. Um, oh, wait, why is Tom saying first down? What, what happened? Oh, roughing the, roughing the passer? What? No, you are not. You did not. Oh, you did did oh you did not do that nfl oh they did Uh uh-huh roughing the passer on a grady jarrett takedown where tom brady like lands on grady uh we knew it was gonna happen because of the two injury so first down tampa tampa runs out the clock and wins by six Oh, I would have been mad. Oh, if I was the head coach, mad is an understatement. I probably would have been fine. Just a hair of some money. Okay, okay, okay. That's the one roughing the passer call we're going to get this see this week. This week. Oh, no, not this season. This week, right? No. Oh, oh no. Carl Sheffer says, hold my beverage real quick, folks. Let's do it on Monday night in Arrowhead. How mad can I make these fans? Oh, you can make them mad. Oh, you can. Okay. Second quarter. Okay, so not as bad. Second quarter. Eh, less than two minutes left on the clock. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. Chris Jones 
Whoa, it's true. Oh, strip sec. He's got the ball. Let's go. You're a Chiefs fan. You're like, yo, this place is rocking because they're down. You know, they're, they're not playing while the Chiefs started slow. And then there's a flag. Okay. Oh, I bet it. I bet it's holding on the offense. Yada, yada, yada. Roughing the passer? What? No, no, Carl. Come on, Carl. I know you're joking. Oh, you're not. Oh, no. You. Oh. How in the world did Chris Jones get called roughing the passer when he's holding the football, Carl? Come on, Carl. What are we doing? Like, what? Dude, it's the first time in NFL history... Roughing the passer was called on the person holding the football. I mean, <laughs> crazy, right? Now, I will say this, and I might get hate. That roughing the passer on Chris Jones was not as bad as the one on Grady Jarrett. Grady's Jarrett was so bad. Like, horrible bad. Falcons are going to get the ball back. They can go down to take the lead late in the fourth quarter. This one, the reason it was called is because they said Chris Jones put all his weight on the, the the quarterback. Okay. And it was thrown behind by the behind referee, which is why it's the worst part. If you're going to throw it, let the person in front. Because Chris Jones has the ball in his hand. He also puts his arm down to embrace the fall so he's not putting all his weight well, Carl says that's a flag. So here's my compromise, NFL, and I'm going to only say it once, once and for all today, and that's it. Listen, you should do replay for roughing the passer. And you're like, wait, what, JT? What are you talking about? You know what happened with, uh, you know, pass interference, right? No, stop. We're not doing that where the coach can challenge. We're doing this. College football, you know how the flag is thrown for targeting. You you review it, he's ejected. Okay, well, we're obviously not going to eject for roughing the passer, but here's what I'm saying. Okay, only when it's thrown, the flag is thrown, you review it. So in this sense, for Grady Jarrett and Chris Jones, those would have been overturned because they would have saw that it wasn't roughing the passer and New York would have been like, yo, hey, uh, hey, you... Yeah, yeah, no, no roughing the passer there, okay? I know you made a mistake. Now go fix it. But, and it would be in fast pace, regular time. No slow-mo to review it. No slow-mo to review this. Just regular pace, and you see it, and then you go. Like with Chris Jones, oh, he had the ball, he embraced. Not a flag, Chiefs ball. That's all I'm saying. Just review it when you throw the flag and only at game pace. That's it. We don't want all these challenge flags. No. No. Just review it if you call it at regular speed. Okay? That's all I'm asking so we can make a difference. Okay. Let's move on to my top 10 rankings. And oh my goodness, dude. Like the bottom half of this rankings is so bad. I don't know what to do. So I, I did what I felt was best for the community and for my heart. Number 10, Cincinnati Bengals. I know. I know they lost, but that's okay. Um, they were ranked 8th last week. They're 2-3. and three. Listen, their defense is good. They're allowing, allowing the complete percentage lowest in the league. But the problem is, is they don't have big plays on offense. 18th in yards per play. Uh, offense is the problem. Who would have thought? The offense is the problem. Unbelievable. Number nine. I, I, I don't know why. And I'll say this. If the Raiders won Monday, they would be in my top ten. I know. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. 
LA Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers weren't ranked. Now they're ranked. They're three and two, even though, um, oh God, Staley tried to blow it against Cleveland. But he didn't, so he stays. He gets to go in the rankings for the first time since week two. They're second in passing. It's a passing league, second in passing. They don't get sacked. Justin Herbert doesn't get sacked. Least sacked quarterback in the NFL. But they haven't won against a good team. I mean, their wins, Browns, Raiders. It's just like, what? Uh, I don't know who to pick. It's, it's, it, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, number eight. Oh, I can't believe I'm saying it. Number eight, Dallas Cowboys. Yep, the Cowboys have made it. Cooper Rush, congratulations. Welcome. You are up there with Chase Daniels. Great backup QBs in the league now. <laughs> Insane. Listen, they've held all their opponents to a touchdown or less in a game, and they've scored in 13 consecutive quarters. 13 consecutive quarters. Crazy. I, I, But the problem is, will they often score? I don't know. Eh. All right, number seven is Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay? Um, Yeah, Tampa. Like, dude, they've been injured. The reason they lost against Green Bay, they had no wide receivers. But now that loss is kind of looking really bad. But I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt because they had no wide receivers. Listen, they're 3-2. and two. They were ranked fourth last week. Brady has completed 141 passes. He's tied for the most. This dude is old, and we're throwing the ball. Good Lord. Are, is is Crestridge taking their playbook from Tampa Bay and just saying, let's throw it? Because Crestridge, if you don't know, I call for Crestridge on Friday nights. Yada, yada, yada. Great time. Come listen on Friday nights right here on UCM The Beat. We call Crestridge football games high school football. Awesome. Crestridge. Literally, the last two games has had their quarterback throw the ball 96 times combined. 96. Yeah, that's what I said. 96. Crazy. Okay, so maybe that's where Crestridge is getting their playbook. I'm just saying. But they lead the league in sack differential. So their second-year quarterback, Tom Brady, is not getting touched. But they need their pieces to gel and mush together, you know? Mesh. You got to mesh. But Tampa Bay is at seven. Number six, Baltimore. Baltimore Ravens. They went on Sunday night against Cincinnati. They were ranked ninth last week, three and two. Listen, they've led every game by double digits at one point. Crazy. I know. All five games, double digit lead somewhere. Lamar has thrown 10 touchdown passes inside the pocket. So, hey, you say he's a running back? Well, this week, this year, he's on contract. He's proven himself. Guess what? He's throwing inside the pocket and looking good. But the problem is he has no weapons outside of Mark Andrews, the tight end. The wide receivers are combined for 542 total yards in five games. That's dead to last in the NFL. Number five, the Vikings, Minnesota, Skull, or whatever they do, Skull, the purple the purple Vikings. Yeah, they're set, uh, they were ranked seventh last week. They're 4-1. and one. So, round of applause, my team to win the NFC North looks great. Um, they Cousins led has led three game winning drives this season so far. Obviously the most in the NFL, but I don't know if that's good or bad. But hey, he's clutch, I guess. Unless it's prime time. Don't give him prime time. But when will they blow out a team? They had the Bears blown out and let them come back. That's sketchy. Can you blow out a team? 
I don't know what the Vikings can or can't do. They're good, but they're not a Super Bowl team. They're good. They're going to make the playoffs. They're just not Super Bowl there. Number four is the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, um, they're injury prone. They're very injury hurt. It's bad. But, hey, listen, they're the number one scoring defense. And Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G, the tortoise, doesn't turn the ball over. He's third in touchdown to interception ratio. So, that's good. Number three, Buffalo. I know. I, I Listen, I, I kept my one, two, three the same just because I, I know Buffalo blew out Pittsburgh. And I know Kansas City played close to oh, uh, Las Vegas. Excuse me. I hope I didn't call him Oakland earlier. Anyway, Las Vegas. But the point is, I they're playing each other this week. So we'll really find out who's the better team. And remember, regular season games don't count for Super Bowls. That's going for Chiefs and Bills fans, folks. Remember, Bills won last year in the regular season. Chiefs won in the postseason. So, yes, Buffalo 3, Kansas City 2, and obviously the Eagles are 1. I'm running out of time, so I'm going a little faster. So, yeah, 10 Bengals, 9 Chargers. 8, Cowboys, 7, Buccaneers, 6, Ravens, 5, Vikings, 4, 49ers, 3, Bills, 2, Chiefs, 1, Eagles. Games to watch. Ravens versus Giants. I can't believe I'm saying that, but yeah, that game's going to be good. Ravens are a 6-point favorite, and I think they're going to win by 10. I know the Giants are what they are. They're one, they've got one loss, but that's why they're not in my top 10. I just don't trust Daniel Jones. Give me a different quarterback, and I could give the Giants hope. But with Daniel Jones, there's no hope. Obviously, the game of the week, Bills are two and a half right now, favorites over the Chiefs. Game of the week, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Chiefs are not going to win this game if they don't start. If they start the way they did against the Raiders, so if you give up 17 to Josh Allen, you're not winning. I don't think they will. They play down to their opponents, and they play up to their opponents. It's going to be a close game. It's going to come down to Bucker and McDuffie. If those two are playing or not, or one or the other. If one or the other are playing, that's cool. If Bucker's not playing, I'm taking the Bills. I, I, I'm taking the Bills all day, every day, because Reed will have to go for it on fourth downs. So right now, I'm leaning towards the Bills to win. Cowboys versus Eagles. Eagles are a six-point favorite. I'm taking the Eagles. I like the Eagles' offensive line. They'll stop that defense. And Jalen Hurts, he is a beast. MVP frontrunner right now. Give me the Eagles. And then a weird one, an upset. Patriots versus Browns. Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorite. Give me the Patriots. I know the Patriots haven't beat anyone that is realistically good. They beat the Lions and the Steelers. But give me the Patriots to beat the Browns. So that's it. I like the Patriots upsetting the Browns. And for all my trivia people, I know, I know, we're here for it. Here we go. The trivia question was, who was the last person to return a kickoff for a touchdown in Super Bowl? And I have a feeling you're probably thinking too late. The first person that came to my mind right away, obviously, you know, opening kickoff, Devin Hester, that happened obviously in 07. That's not the one. I bet you're thinking of this one. In 2013, Jacoby Jones, after the lights went out, he returns to kickoff for Baltimore against the 49ers. Well, he's not the one either, folks. 
It's this one. It's Percy Harvin, folks. Percy Harvin is the last person to return a kickoff for a touchdown, and it was against the Denver Broncos in 2014. 2014, you probably were thinking a little too late. That's okay. Guess what, folks? We'll be right back here next week like usual. My same old voice, same old yada, 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 right here, noon to one, on you seem to be just talking sports. We're talking a lot. We'll see how the Bills and Chiefs, the overreaction to Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know. Will the Eagles still be undefeated? How's the division series went? That's all right here on Just Talking Sports next Thursday, 12 to 1 on UCM The Beat with your man, JT Noah. All right, folks. It's been a pleasure. I know you love listening to me, but I got to go. All right, guys. Peace out.